0: checking it out oh cool mug
1: oh thanks my uh my parents uh for Christmas gave me they gave me a box of Star Wars mugs oh
0: it's (laughs) It's nice yeah yeah you're a you're a big Star Wars fan
1: yeah it's uh it's all just uh yeah I love Star Wars I love Star Wars uh more than anybody should
0: (laughs) well you know I do too I mean I I'm not as obsessive as some people but I, I I just with anything from when I was a kid, if I loved it, then I I give a lot of it a pass. I even give the prequels kind of a pass.
1: Yeah, no i i uh, <laughs> i uh, i like the uh, i like the prequels. I, I like i i think the um, perfect Star Wars movies are. Hold on, I gotta put this phone to the side here. Give me one.
0: No, no problem. I'm just gonna say we're gonna we'll just include this as part of it because. Uh, I, I like I like the way this is going already. So
1: yeah, yeah. Let me put that to the side. I opened a I opened a bar uh, recently, and it's yeah. uh, it's a it's a nonstop text stream, but uh, which is a good thing. But I just want to put it aside so I'm not distracted for a moment. But um, sure, I uh, but yeah, Star Wars. I think the I break Star Wars into two categories, movies into two categories: ones that I think are f- uh, flawless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then ones that I'm not crazy about, but have cool parts. So I think the, the 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 like front to back solid ones for the most part. It's Revenge of the Sith, New Hope, Empire, Jedi, Force Awakens, and then yeah. the bookends of uh, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, and then Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. They have their moments, um, but there's a lot that I do, that I don't like and that I would do differently. But um, mm-hmm. but that said, I prefer Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones to Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Interesting. Interesting. But um, or at least Attack of the Clones, I would put above the other three. But um, but uh, and then like I love Solo. I think Solo and Rogue One are great, but I don't really Solo count
0: them. was Solo was one. Um, yeah, I think it it just. Solo was, uh, hindered by the negativeness, the negativity towards Last Jedi, uh, Yeah, by hardcore fans and it just came out too soon. And I thought that was as close to the spirit of A New Hope as, as, uh, any of them had gotten.
1: I agree. The second, uh, like I saw it on opening night, Yeah. uh, and I was in a. I was by myself. I was on the road, and I went to a midnight screening on opening night. Um, and the second that, what was her name, lady, 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 something, whatever that alien is in the beginning that like oh, runs, yeah, yeah. The, runs the like camp where they keep all the kids. Um, the second like that, that was, as soon as they did that scene and she like pops out of the water, I was like, oh man, this is like totally like return of the jedi like this feels like star wars to me yeah and uh and then it never let up after that i loved the whole thing i think it's an yeah. awesome movie i really do yeah
0: it's amazing it turned out as well as it did considering it was the second i mean they completely remade that film which is unheard yeah. of
1: nowadays yeah I, mean... I know i know and uh yeah so i'm a and, and rogue one is cool too <clears throat> but rogue one's a little more it's a little less fun and a little more like, you know, like like it's, it's like it's, a, it's like a real war movie, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. A little dry, but yeah. it's good. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. I think
0: it's the, I think it, that one's the one that goes to the most places in a single film. I mean, they go to like a like twelve, fourteen different planets. Yeah, uh, across the whole span, which is you know kind of rare for a Star Wars where usually they concentrate on a few.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I love Star Wars. Uh, I'm watching Boba Fett now and um yeah. not too uh it's okay. It's it, okay. It's a little it's bit of a not, star star. it's
0: not driving me nuts because I don't I don't like the back and forth between I'm not really digging the back and forth between the his memories and the to to I don't feel like it's doesn't feel like it's going somewhere, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and uh I'm assuming I mean he just said in an interview that it is. He's like, don't worry, like it's there's a moving forward story that's gonna which I, I'm assuming will start this week because there's only four episodes left, but um but I just I, I'm not crazy that they're making him now into this anti-hero. Like I was okay with him not being a bounty hunter anymore. I thought it was cool that he was going to be a gangster and a crime lord. But they're going a little, at least so far, they're going a little too far with this, like, I rule with, 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 with respect thing. Yeah, Where it's like, dude, I yeah, I guess. Like, that's cool and all. But, like, I don't know. I never liked um, any of the... Aside from the fact that it brought Darth, Darth Maul into the mix... On Clone Wars, um, I never really liked any of the Mandalore backstory stuff. I thought, like, they expanded that way too much and, like, justified, or like, created this whole story and legacy that I just didn't need. And then, like, what, what was cool to me about Boba Fett was when they brought him back in Mandalorian... I was like, okay, at least there's that scene where that that woman is like, I forget her name, but she's like, you're a traitor, like go like gravel at the the feet of your empire or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, cause he's like, fuck you, I'm I'm not part of this whole stupid legacy thing. Yeah. Um, but now like they're kind of making him just like the Mandalorian, where it's like, he's like too honorable and like, I don't know. Like, I don't like maybe that'll change, but
0: yeah, it could. I mean, there's aspects of it I think are cool. I mean, there's, there's yeah. a lot of things that have been cool. I love the um, I know it, it, some people know, I, I couldn't even remember his name to save my life, but the uh, the Gladiator Wookiee, I thought was cool. He's
1: awesome.
0: Yeah, it was cool seeing Trejo pop up uh, yeah, and Rancor show up, and, and I did like the stuff with the sand people and the, you know, that kind of thing, but it just feels like it's disconnected in a lot of ways. And maybe it's because I, the part of the charm of Boba Fett was the fact that he was barely on screen and he still registered in people's minds for so long. And then now he's getting over, over explained.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like he's real fast and loose with taking the helmet off, which, yeah. like, I feel like when he's in town, like when he goes into the like Mos Espa and all that shit to like lay down the law, it's like yeah. that you should not be taking that helmet off, man. Like you should be, there should be some mystery here, yeah. um, which is, you know, I realize is how nerdy that is of me, but, but no, like,
0: no, I, and, and trust me. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think that that may be a conscious effort to differentiate it from Mandalorian where you can never take off the helmet and,
1: Blah, blah, blah. Well, and that's the thing, like, and to this day, like, I don't get I never got the fucking point of Mandalorian. Like, the only thing I could think of is they didn't know what they were going to do with Boba Fett, and they tried to do like a parallel thing. And then as it went along, they realized, we're going to just bring Boba Fett into this, and Yeah. But like, I don't give, now that, like, like, when Luke showed up at the end of Mandalorian and took Baby Yoda away, I'm like, I don't give a rat's ass about any of this anymore. Like that's all I cared about was where baby Yoda was taking him (laughs) and like what Jedi were going to come into the fold. And it was best case scenario. It was an awesome episode and is Boba Fett coming back? And he did. And after that, I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like if they're going to do a third season now with the Mandalorian, I don't care about that character at all. Like, I don't give a shit about that guy. And i
0: don't know I, I i don't know for myself i i i definitely like I, I definitely like the first two seasons i like the character myself but a friend of mine who's a, you know we a friend since like six six years old we we were star wars nuts we used to act it out in my parents basement and stuff i mean so that's like sure. that's our connect our connective tissue from the beginning and he tried he said he tried watching the mandalorian he gave up on it so i mean you know
1: I thought the first season was painfully boring. I thought the special effects were terrible, and I thought the music sucked. Just everything about that first season I thought sucked because it all felt like almost Star Wars to me. It was like, I'm watching a Mandalorian I don't care about because he's not Boba Fett. I'm seeing a baby Yoda. It's not Yoda. I don't really care. Um, Like They're on these desert planets that aren't Tatooine. I don't care. Like Everything was sort of almost... Star Wars. And then in the second season, because they started before it came out teasing that Boba Fett was going to come back, that's when I cared. And when he showed up at the... When the armor showed up in that first episode and then he showed up at the end, that's when I was like, okay, now I give a shit. But it was all... I was there 100% for Boba Fett. I wanted to see... um, What's-her-face from the Clone Wars come back? Yeah,
0: I know the character you're talking about. That Katie Sackhoff plays her.
1: No, um, well, well, she was great as the... Yeah, oh, the,
0: you're talking about Ahsoka.
1: Ahsoka. I wanted, I was there for Ahsoka. I was there to see which of the... Yeah, the Katie Sackhoff is the, is the Mando, you we, know, the other Mando, whatever. Yeah. Like, those were the characters I cared about. The Darksaber, you know, like, mm-hmm. all of that shit. Like, and then once they fulfilled all of it, I was just like, yeah. I don't, like... Where we, unless you're going to be side by side with Luke in the next season, I don't give a shit anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see where where it goes. I nobody has any idea, but you you said some and you know, and I don't want to take the whole conversation up with start. No, you. no, sorry, yeah. But I no 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 no, but I I figured we'll you know kind of start putting a pin on this, but you know because I'm as much of a fan as you are, <laughs> I have to keep talking about it for some reason. But um, prefer, oh oh. The, the thing I've said recently on social media, I'm like, you know, I, I do like these series so far, as, you know, I, I, I like the fact that, you know, I I, I like the Mandalorian, I like Bo, Book of Beaufort enough, you know, I'll put it in some of the Star Wars film categories that I like, I, I can watch and enjoy parts of, but maybe I don't love like you were saying. Uh, and then Obi-Wan's coming out with a series and I'm like, can we get a damn show that gets the hell away from Tatooine?
1: they love Tatooine and I don't like to the point of like that was one of the things in Force Awakens I just didn't understand it's like why is it called Jakku and it's a different planet but it looks exactly like Tatooine like why not just make put her on Tatooine or don't or make a new planet that's kind of cool but like sort of barren in its own way or whatever you know like Hoth was Hoth was awesome like that was like the polar literally no pun intended the polar opposite of uh of uh Tatooine. so it's like in this first movie you get this desert planet and in the second movie you get an ice planet you know and then yeah. like i loved camino like where it's like a rain planet like right you know there, there the
0: were being a giant forest and
1: yeah yeah like coruscant a giant city like i i thought i i liked that whole thing and that was one of the things I didn't get with with Force Awakens. I was like, why are you just making a new desert planet? This doesn't make yeah. any sense. Well, and
0: then they just had another duster. I mean, there's small things, but at least the the reason why the Force Awakens holds up so well for me is because it it really has that spirit that, yes. that the original films had. It, it it did the right thing. It was new enough, you know, but it had you know, it, it really zips along pretty well, and it also has one of the great. I mean the killing off Han Solo in a dramatic fashion was really kind of one wonder, not wonderful as in I
1: yeah.
0: way, but it was dramatically great.
1: No, it was it was it's a Han Solo movie, which is awesome. The ending with Luke is awesome. Yeah. Like and then they fucked it up. But like yeah, you know, yeah. but like if that like that movie ending there, I'm like, that's a perfect ending. And then if they came along and said now, here's an alternate version of what happens with Luke from that moment forward. I think you could really fix that fucking where that trilogy went wrong. You know, yeah, I think Ryan yeah. Johnson really took a shit in the middle of that thing. And if JJ yeah. Abrams had just been a part of it from the start,
0: right? It would have been w- Oracle coherent.
1: Yeah. And it would. And then the third one wouldn't have been like this, like, piece together, fan service, weird, like, which Course when correction. I friction. Yeah, yeah, like it would have just been a, a, a proper trilogy, but, but yeah. um, but anyway, that's Star, well, War. <laughs> yeah, Star
0: Wars.
1: I have a question for you. How, yeah, the go f- ahead. how the fuck do you get this talent pool on this pod? Jesus Christ, man! I was going through the episodes. I'm like, you got crazy fucking people on this podcast. What's Dude, your secret?
0: I it, determination. You have no idea you have no idea how many emails I send out to get. God bless. I send out hundreds a month to get like four guests.
1: <laughs> yeah, know? but I mean the guests you're getting. I think I saw David Duchovny. I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked out. Really,
0: I look, out on Duchovny. He was he came out with an album, and I said, and it was a music PR. I used to write mostly about music. And then uh, I, I, the food business in, in uh, Chicago for Eater and Thrillist for a while. And then I stopped doing all of that for a while. And then I kind of picked this up during COVID because everybody was doing, you know, everybody went on to Zoom and I'm like, well, this is perfect. I can start doing this and, and maybe get mm-hmm. people. But yeah, it's just sheer determination.
1: <laughs> Here's my other question. Did you, uh, maybe it's not your Facebook page, but I think it is because it has the same. Probably profile picture that your website has but your link on your Facebook page goes to porn I don't know if you know that or not
0: (laughs) I'll have to check that out
1: yeah it says like rock you know the website's there rockandrollghost.com or whatever and when you click on it it goes to a porn page
0: oh I forgot to take that off yeah Yeah. that site's gone Uh, I, I didn't realize it was still on there but somebody must have taken it over
1: oh yeah porn people took it over (laughs)
0: <laughs> great
1: and it's funny it just it literally at the top of the page it takes you to it just says porn the word okay. porn and then there's clips okay. there's no um, it's not called like you know
0: I'll have to take fuck that
1: tube off tube or anything like that it, just, it literally just says porn
0: <laughs> I'll have to take that off because I I am working on a new site for the the, the show
1: yeah well there you go uh, I,
0: I I just screwed up by letting that l- letting that lapse that's uh, all right. Well, that might, that's fine. That might be part that's... of my problem.
1: <laughs> For a second, I was like, "I maybe that this guy does porn too." I don't know. No, like, no, I no. Was like, you know, But no uh,
0: porn here.
1: You know. Uh, but anyway,
0: <laughs> well, you know, we didn't really say who we were. I mean, this is uh, Joe De Rosa. He's a uh, uh, well-known comedian, and he uh, he has a bar slash sandwich shop open now in New York City called Joey Roses. Yes. And um, that's mainly what he's here to talk about. He's, he's blowing up, actually, he's uh, getting a lot of good publicity out there. And then the reason why I'm having you on is for both, you know, the fact that I like you as a comedian and a a guest on other people's shows and and, and to talk about the the sandwich shop. And so how how long have you been open now? A, a, A couple months? few months well we
1: opened on black friday and today is what january 17th so so almost almost,
0: we're on two months
1: yeah 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 almost and it's uh you've you've been doing pretty
0: good yeah um yeah
1: no complaints so far say
0: again are you surprised by you know how well it's been received
1: yeah 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 i mean obviously you know i believe i believed in my partner paul and i my business partner paul and i uh you know obviously we believed in the idea or we wouldn't have done it because it's not a small undertaking, you know, it's, it's a stressful experience, uh, with, with an incredible amount of moving parts that I was unaware of, uh, until we started down the road to opening this place. In fact, I'm glad I was unaware of them because honestly, had it been presented to me initially Mm -hmm. and had I known, I would not, I, I think I would have backed away from it. I think I would have been too intimidated. Um, but once you're in it, you're in it and that's it, you know? And now that we're through that part, I'm thrilled that we did it, but yeah. you know, it's, it's, it was definitely a, a transformative period of, it was a lot of learning and, and I'm very lucky to be partnered with a guy that, that really knows the industry and, and was able to really guide us through. Um, yeah. But, but um, so that all said, um, you know, I'm, I, I am surprised Uh, By the response, uh, you know, because you do something and you think that it's a good idea. And then and then you you put it out in the world and you and you you hope your fingers crossed, you know, hope it goes well. But, you know, I've been in the entertainment business long enough at this point to I think you sort of become accustomed to expecting the worst. So you can accept it if it happens, you know, because it's such a dice roll. All the time, you know, yeah. whether it's putting out a special or an album, or or a, a TV, being part of a TV show or whatever it is, you you never know. In a podcast you never know how it's going to be received, yeah. and it's always a good amount of work. And and you just you you can't get your hopes up, and you can't go into it going, "This is going to be the best thing." You know, you you just have to believe in what you're doing, and 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 believe in the process and, and and carry it through by doing your best and all that stuff and and then like i said you you release it to the world and you go i hope people respond to it you know what yeah. what, what can you do um but uh so that's that's how it was with this too and and so i'm very very touched by this the, the, the strong response and the fact that we're getting regulars and, you know we had two women in the bar last night i, I went in for a few hours and they drove from Ohio, mm. you know. Uh, it's like, you know, uh, people came in yesterday that were from Toronto. Now that you know, they didn't fly from Toronto just to come to the bar, <laughs> you know. But uh, but the fact that they were like, no, this is like was on our to do list in New York. Like it's yeah. it's touching, man.
0: Yeah, there's all that stuff, other stuff to do in New York. I mean, to be there's that plenty to do. People for people to say, hey, I'm coming to New York, and this is one of the things I'm doing. And just, yeah. I mean, that's great.
1: Yeah, I'm very, very, very flattered by the uh experience.
0: Yeah. Now, you know, I know that you because most the first time I think I heard you on anything was probably I've uh, have you ever been on Jim and Sam's show?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, many times.
0: Okay, so it was either Jim and Sam or it was the bonfire, which I mm-hmm. love the shows yeah uh, I, I know you are you were, you've been on the bonfire a lot you've been uh like, you know like usually you, sometimes you'll fill in for whoever isn't there too yeah usually
1: if Dan's not there uh i i co-host with jay and then yeah. i was when the when the lockdown first happened uh i i did i sat in on the show for like two months i think it was like yeah. just just that was like the third mic it was fun i love those guys i love Jimmy Yeah, it's a
0: hell it's a hell of a fun show but yeah, I remember you talking about the sandwich idea, then uh-huh. and the pop up. But what what prompted? I mean, are are have you just been since you can remember a, a guy that loves making sandwiches and coming up with new things, or what? What started this whole idea?
1: I've always loved sandwiches, delis, and and hoagie shops. You know, were a big thing uh, growing up on the East Coast in the Philadelphia area. Uh, they were a big part of my childhood, and I just always loved sandwiches. It's funny. My family was a. It's just, It was just a big part of our. Uh, uh, it was like a regiment. It was part of our regiment. Like sandwiches were just a part of our, our you know our meal regiment. Like w- once a week you got hoagies from whatever local shop or or you went to the Jewish deli and got corned beef sandwiches or um, you know, very frequently in my family, when we go to my Nana's house in particular uh, and, you know, and me and my parents and my aunts and uncles and cousins, whatever. And she would put out like a deli spread and rolls and you'd just make sandwiches, you know, like that yeah. was the, that was the afternoon meal. And I always, I always loved that. I always got excited by a deli tray. Unfortunately, you know, You usually only saw them at funerals, Um, but it was just a big part of, you know, my, my, my experience uh, growing up. So it's a food that I love or type of food that I love. And um, um, as I got older, I just, you know, stayed, uh, stayed an enthusiast of sandwiches and got more, you know, once I, you know, you get a car and you can drive and then you travel because of work and you have your own money and all these things, you know, I started to seek out sandwiches uh, and be a little more proactive. So like when I went on the road, that was one thing I would do is, you know, what's the best sandwich in town? Like, what's the place you got to get, you know, and trying the local thing and whatever it was. And uh, I just had a passion for it, but never in the sense of I'm going to do something with it, you know? Uh, And then one day, My friend, Becky Donahue, who's a producer and a comedian said, um, you know, I think we, we, she, she wanted to help me do a Facebook show for my Facebook page. And she said, you know, what do you think you could do? Like, what would be a good idea? And I said, well, I said, you know, I like sandwiches a lot. Like, why don't we make sandwiches and we'll call it Hoagie's Hoagie's Heroes will be the name of the show. (laughs) And, uh, she's like, I love it. That's fun. And like, you know, whatever. And we did a few of these videos and I would give her the sandwich I made. And she was always like, dude, this is really good. This is really, really good. Like, so I just kind of started to think like, you know what? Maybe I should write down exactly what I did. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't forget. And then like, before you know it, you have a page of sandwich recipes and I found myself making them for myself. And once you have that many, you start to think like, well, I don't know. It would be cool to have a shop one day, but it's a pipe dream. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, you're, I mean, you're, you have a successful career as a comedian. I mean, you know, people know who you are. You've had specials and stuff. So it's like the idea of pivoting <laughs> in any way, you know, it's like would probably seem also like career suicide and- in some way, too, in the back of your head, like, you know.
1: There was, a, yeah, there was a little bit of, this is, I mean, we went through a lot of iterations of what it was going to be and how it would work and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I we did the initial pop-up because I mentioned uh, basically what I just said to you, a much more truncated version of it, to Paul, my partner, very passively, not with any interest in... Let's do this. I just was like just talking. Yeah. And he was like, "Why don't we do a pop-up at the stand? Like show me your recipes." And I showed them to him and he's like, "We're going to do a pop-up at the stand comedy club." That's what we're going to do. And I was like, "Uh okay." I didn't even know what a pop-up was. I was like, "What does that mean?" Like I thought it meant literally you had like a a pop-up stand, like a like literally yeah, like yeah, a booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, no. It's just like we'll add you on certain days at certain times to the menu, and it'll be like a special menu, and people come in and they can get it. And I and said, okay. Paul. Paul is
0: at. Paul works with the stand.
1: Paul Tally is one of the owners of the stand.
0: Right. Okay. That's
1: yeah. I so um, I was like, okay, you know, like, I, let's do it. And I was like, you know, it's like we're not going to like use me to sell it. Like we're like it's just going to be its own thing. Like, I don't want to have any connection to it. And he was like, no, we're a hundred percent going to use you to sell it. Like, that's what's interesting about this. And I, you know, as flattering as that may be to hear, like, (laughs) I didn't, I don't think that, I still don't think that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, no, it's like, who cares if my, you know, whatever. But, uh, but and that's not fake humility honestly like I really yeah, was yeah. saying like I don't want to be like the face I was cringing at the idea of it because yeah. I felt like honestly I felt like it looked arrogant yeah and it looked like well who who does he think he is right you know and um but he's like no no you're going to be the face of this thing whatever and I was like you know eventually he he convinced me and I was like okay like you know this stuff better than I do so let's just do it and we did it. And, it. and it was a weird period, you know, like, look, it was it was a way to spin the the uh, tragic aspects of, uh, of, of reality to to work in our favor. You know, everything was locked down. It was a horrible time. It was it also presented itself as a time that you could explore something new and it wouldn't look that insane. And you had the time to do it. Yeah. Which is what we capitalized on. You know, and it was kind of funny, like people, you know, I would be behind the sandwich counter and comics would come into the stand during the day to get lunch or something or 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 for a meeting or, or to go, whatever it was. And I remember Cypher Sounds came in and he saw me behind the counter and he's like, he's like is everything okay, man? Like, <laughs> that, it's what he said. And he's like, and he was like, w- w- you work here now? <laughs> I was like, no, no. I was like, I'm doing a sandwich pop up. And he was like, oh, that's dope, man. I want to come get a sandwich. And like, and that was kind of the response from all the comedians. Big J, uh, Big J Okerson was was very vocally supportive. And yeah. he and he was our I believe he was our very first customer, but he um he was incredibly supportive, like from the jump. He thought it was so cool. He thought yeah. it was such a cool idea. Um, he was, he was really like elated by the whole thing and and incredibly supportive. And, and I, I appreciate it greatly, but like comics in general were like, and the fans were, and it became this kind of like cool thing that the comedy scene was supporting and then it bled out from there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's really you know, good
0: PR, that's really good press then because if you got it helped you know fellow we got comedians uh, uh, across the board you know whoever on their social media saying hey you know if you're in New York check out the sandwich shop by Joe DeRosa. it's like I mean you're getting you're getting kind of a lot of coverage that way
1: it's it yeah it, it, and, and it helped it, it really helped like right out of the gate like people that were just coming through like Michael Costa came. Emma Willman, uh, Aaliyah Janine, uh, Christina Hutchinson, Corinne Fisher, like people were just coming through. It was really nice. And, um, and then, you know, like I said, then that, then, and also the fans were coming too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just kind of bled out and expanded and, you know, Paul and I, given the response, you know, he was like, we should, we should think about opening like a brick and mortar because now's the time when we're going to get an affordable deal in Manhattan on rent yeah. because there were so yeah. many vacancies. So he's like, if we're going to do it, like we should do it. So we did. And yeah, yeah. in the process of that, you know, we both share a great love for, for neighborhood sort of corner bars, you know, yeah. And we said, let's make it a bar too. And, 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 and really give a full experience to people and just be an awesome, like social club style bar. That's a throwback to old New York. That's affordable, you know, people need yeah. affordable stuff right now more than ever. Uh, and that also has these awesome sandwiches, you know, like, uh, and, 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 and that's, that's how it all came together. And, yeah, you know, to see, to see it through is pretty wild. I think we launched the pop-up, Jesus God. I think we only launched the pop-up last, not this past November, the one before or October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in April we signed the lease. And the following November, which is the one that just passed, we opened the store. Yeah. So it's like it's wild. Yeah. Like it's so funny because it seems like going t- it seemed like it took forever. Because it's so intense. Yeah.
0: yeah and yeah. there's
1: so much shit to do. Like, it seems like, it just seems like an eternity when you're trying to get the place open. And then you look back and you go, my God almighty, it was a year from, like, the pop-ups first day to the opening of the actual establishment, which is so yeah. nice to, you know.
0: Well, well, what's the operation like? I mean, how, how many, like, how many people you got working there? Like,
1: small, we, you know, we, we usually have one bartender on and then one person in the kitchen uh, on food. Really? Um, yeah, and then and then you know, w- Paul or myself is usually usually floating around at some point. Um, but it's a pretty small operation. It's very fa- familial. Um, you know, it's a great team. It's a great staff. Um, everybody's really willing to like. I, I, I'm, we're very very lucky. Like we've got an incredible crew of people who are extraordinarily enthusiastic about the idea and have a lot of experience that they are bringing to the table and sharing with us and going above and beyond what they need to be doing to, 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 to help us see this through and make it work. Yeah. So I'm very, very grateful for that because that's, you know, that's a big part of it too. I didn't want to open a place that was just going to be, you know, you walk in and there's a bartender there. Sure. And you can get food. Sure but there's no personal experience to it. Like I want it. When we interviewed people, we talked about that. We were like, you know, it's not like you got to stand behind the bar and do some kind of routine, but like, this is going to be a spot. Like we want you interacting with the customers. Like we want you, we want people saying so-and-so is my favorite bartender. Yeah. It's that kind of place, you know? Yeah. And we put a lot of thought into the details of that and how to make that work and, and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, uh, it's still a learning experience. It's still incredible. And, uh, we're still working out, you know, you're always tightening, tightening the screws and, 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 and ironing out the creases, but, uh, I gotta say so far, so good. It's, it's been a really wonderful experience.
0: Yeah. Now how, how, what's the site? What's the capacity limit inside?
1: Um, I forget the exact number. The the I forget the fire code number, but uh, it's uh, off the top of my head. But it's 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 not huge. Yeah. You know, I'd say, I'd say about forty people total. You know. Oh, it's
0: could, probably more than. Could fit comfortably I, I,
1: I, in there. You know. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're not. Yeah, not so. that there's
0: probably forty people in there at one time necessarily, considering the time.
1: Now, usually, though it's you know at a at a busy time, there'll be like somewhere between twenty and thirty in there, and that feels pretty. You know that feel it feels busy. Doesn't feel crowded. It feels busy, so that's good. But um, you know that was part of it too. We we didn't want to open. It's it's a the place is a little bigger than we initially envisioned. Like we initially were just going to do, like uh, I'm talking like a, a a. 10 seater thing Mm -hmm. like with a bar you know 10 bar stools and a window to serve out of and you know we you know just this place presented itself and we ended up going in and and it it, it actually suited us very well so we we did it but initially this this is definitely bigger than we initially thought you know it was going to be really a really small operation
0: yeah but you you know you could only wait so long and you know something presents itself and and like you said it it, in the downturn that we're in like you know getting getting a spot now is the better time than to to not get (laughs) one I guess
1: yeah yeah no there was it was I'm glad we did what we did I'm glad we're at where we're at like it was it was all the right moves for for several different reasons we have great neighbors we're at 174 Rivington Street in New York, which is the Lower East Side. And okay. we're, on, we're on a killer block. We're right next to a coffee shop called Black Cat. Uh, the whole crew there is amazing. Great neighbors. We're across, Caddy Corner, across from a great bar restaurant called Black Crescent. They've been amazing. Like Everybody's been so welcoming and helpful. And it feels very communal. It's It's nice, man. It's really nice. It feels like the way... New York should feel to me like yeah, yeah. you know it's it's it feels neighborhoody. It feels like people aren't out for themselves. Everybody's business cares about the other guy's business. You want to see people doing well, you know. And you know, I think the Lower East Side is one of the areas of New York City where that still occurs, which is really nice, you know, because there are areas in New York that have become. I love the city. It's my favorite place in the world, but it doesn't mean that there aren't areas that have become, you know, sort of sterile and, and, you know, big boxy and, and, and whatever. And and I'm not against, you know, I'm not one of these crusaders against target or anything like that. You know what I mean? Or a a place
0: for everything, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Like department stores, big box stores, you need a best buy, (laughs) you know, like sometimes you need a best buy. Like, it's like, you know, it can't always be the kitschy, We sell vintage uh, stereo receivers. Place, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So I'm not against any of that, but but I think New York had gotten to a place where it was becoming more of that, and I see it. It seems now it's at least having a chance to shift back in the other direction a bit, which which I think is great, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot of that had to do with how expensive it is to do in New York. Yeah. So own and operate a place. I mean, one of the, uh, from my understanding, one of the few places that's not undergone any kind of change really so far is the Bronx. And I'm sure that's next, you know, in some regard.
1: Yeah. The Bronx seems to remain sort of on un, untouched, um, but who knows? I'm not up there very often. So you, yeah. maybe, maybe I'm, you know, maybe we're wrong. Maybe that it is, but yeah, well, I talked. Bar... I,
0: I talked to a guy recently that lives there, a musician, and and he was saying that, uh, you know, it's it's it seems to him that it hasn't really gone anywhere. So okay, um, Good. You know, I, but that's you know, I mean, even Queens, you know, yeah. is is started you no, know, started to trade because where where else is everybody going to go after Brooklyn got cha- you know completely changed? I mean, you know,
1: yeah, it's funny. It seems like the Brooklyn, um, the Brooklyn rents are starting to finally even out again yeah. because it was insane for a minute like yeah. and it's still more than it should be but like like five six years ago it was I think they said that uh, Williamsburg was inflating the rent was inflating at, at a rate of like 30% a year or something yeah. it was yeah, insanity yeah. you people were moving back into Manhattan because they couldn't afford Brooklyn <laughs> which is batshit but um you know so um but but anyway i i love this city i love new york i i feel like you know i feel like it's one of the last true cities like you know i think i feel like philly's another i feel like chicago's another like eh. there's you know there's a few yeah. c- is chicago becoming i have a lot of fun when i go to chicago but i only yeah you know i've lived day. here
0: my whole life and it, it, there's a certain the city itself is, has been infiltrated with a certain level of BS, I think. Uh, sure. There's still great things, but, like, you know, that that classic Chicago accent is all but dead. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, and it, it's just like, I just always thought we were going to be at no BS city, and I think it's just a generational thing, you know, like, uh, the new generation kind of came in and they all wanted, you know, they all wanted their shiny, you know, new uh condos and, and big buildings so everything gets torn down and
1: yeah that's a bummer
0: up and all, all that stuff is the same kind of thing that happened you know, a lot in you know brooklyn williamsburg you know that kind mm-hmm. of thing it's like you know the 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 heart of, of of everything kind of shifted and uh so i don't know i've, I've thought about moving to new orleans for a while because i want to get the hell out of here but i never i haven't pulled the trigger yet
1: um I think people. I think you'll hear the same thing in New Orleans, though. You know what yeah. I mean? I think it's any city. I think you know. I have friends that live in New Orleans. They love New Orleans, but at the same time, they'll be like, "Fucking Bourbon Street and the goddamn tourists." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's every city's got its thing, but you know my my definition of of a good a good city is: Can I have an adventure? Can I have an adventurous oh. evening in it? You know, is there enough cool stuff? Is it concentrated? I hate sprawling, spread out cities. It's why I was never a big fan of L.A. because it yeah. it just feels like a giant suburb. It doesn't feel like a city in any way. Yeah. You know, there are parts that I like. Atlanta, I like the people quite a bit in Atlanta, but as a, as a um, geographically as a city, I'm not the biggest fan because again, it feels like a bigger a big suburb to me or a big town. Yeah. Um, I really like, like, concentrated, like Chicago. I like when shit's on top of other shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I like that's what I like about New York. That's what I like about Chicago. That's what I like about Philly. Um, New Orleans is definitely like that, you know? Yeah. So, like, you know, in, in areas it is, but, but yeah, so. Oh,
0: uh, sorry. I thought-
1: uh, that's it. Uh, that's yeah, all I
0: got. No, I, you stopped shorter than I thought you were. That's uh, okay. Um, how many sandwiches are you are you selling at at the store right now, and and do you run specials?
1: Right now, it's the original menu: the hard eight eight sandwiches for eight bucks a piece. Um Good deal. uh Specials eh, sometimes, you know, like right now we're doing a twenty percent off online orders special. Yeah. Is you know, some people don't want to leave the house right now. Some people are a little freaked out. Also, it's asshole cold here right now. So, you know, yeah. um, you know, so, but, you know, part of the whole thing, part of the whole initial original vision was to give people something at that was quality at an undeniably great price. So, you know, $8, we really like we did everything we could to to like make it the best sandwich experience for that lower price. Yeah. So, you know, um, we, we tried to, I guess what I'm saying is we tried to build the special into the sandwich. Gotcha. Uh, other items that we're working on now that we're going to add are going to be a little pricier because they'll, 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 t- they'll take a little bit more, uh, to concoct, but, um, but these eight are going to stay at eight and, uh, they'll always be an option. And, uh, and and then we also do drink specials every day, you know. Right now we're doing all day happy hour. Um you know, pretty consistently cuz again, we're just you know, we're trying to give people a you know, if if you're asking somebody to leave their house and come in for a drink, give them a good reason to to leave their house and come in for a drink, you know what I mean? Right, right. So, um but it's been fun, man. It's been fun. It's fun having having a spot. It's really fun yeah. having a spot. Yeah. So, uh, come on out joey roses and go to joey for all information uh, uh, about the place itself and hours of operation and and to order uh online uh for delivery or pickup everything you need
0: yeah i'll definitely be including all those links uh thanks as well i i just wanted to ask you like one more question sure i know you're you're busy and you gotta get going but how how has uh how has comedy been for you during this whole thing?
1: Good, man. You know, I haven't been really doing much over the last couple of months because I was so focused on this and then also the holidays, you know. But I'm about to go on the road again. Uh, end of this month, I'm in Buffalo, New York at Helium Comedy Club. First weekend of February, I'm at uh, Bananas in uh, New Jersey. March, I'm at the Punchline in Philly. Um and then I have other dates coming up too. Uh, you can get, just to plug, you can get all links and info and tickets at JoeDeRosaInfo.com. Um, but that's that's kind of, those shows are kind of the first foray back out into the wild of, of stand-up. You know? Um, you know, I got a lot of stuff left over from an hour I was going, that I actually recorded in Chicago, that I was going to release. And then the pandemic hit and I didn't put it out. Um, so a lot of that got sort of reworked into this new hour and I've got other new, new stuff that I'm working on. And then a couple bits and pieces of things that, that I felt like, you know, from previous stuff that I felt like could use a little more, uh, showcasing. And, uh, and that's kind of it. Like, so I'm just going to kind of go out and see how this new material works and 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 whatever but it's funny it's like I never thought I'd be in the position again where comedy was not the first thing on my mind yeah you know that's how it was in the beginning because I had a job and I had to worry about the day job because you got to keep your lights on obviously and you need to eat uh so comedy (laughs) comedy was the was the secondary thought because I was passionate about it and I loved it but I wasn't making any money from it so that's where it had to remain. And now it's, it's weird. I'm kind of in that place again, where I'm like, now I have this other focus with this place and comedy. I, I do make money from comedy, but like going out and doing it again is like, it's, it's not, not that I don't care and not that I'm dismissive of it, but it is sort of in that weird secondary place for the moment. Interesting. Um, which is why I'm interested in, and in, and uh in, enthusiastic about going on the road again, you know, I'm kind of just going out one weekend a month, you know. I oh, I, Austin. I'll be in Austin in May at the <laughs> okay. Creek and Cave. So, like, you know, I'm doing one weekend a month, just kind of, okay. you know, like going out, doing four shows, five shows, and seeing how it works. You know what I mean? Just feeling it out, um, and that's it. You know? Yeah. How
0: how are are you doing anything in New York? Like, are you gonna? Pop up anywhere
1: to I'm gonna do- start doing sets again um, yeah.
0: to keep yourself fresh.
1: Yeah, I, I was doing them religiously uh, in New York up until we opened. Yeah. Once we opened, I was like, I can't, I got to focus on this. We're now a- almost at a point where I feel like, okay, I could probably start doing sets in New York again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could, I, I could be doing sets in New York again. The only reason I'm not is because. I'm just I get I get a little easily distracted and I, I wanna just make sure th- this machine is as well oiled as possible. For some reason That's it feels so. different to have a nighttime commitment in New York with a set versus going away for a couple of days. Cause once you go away, then it's like then you just gotta let it go, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's it. You're not there. It's a little harder for me to concentrate when I'm in town, you know? Yeah. So um so yeah, but soon, soon I'll be doing those again.
0: All right, well, Joe, I really appreciate you taking the time today, and uh, I'll make this promise to you if you if you want the next time you're in Chicago and you got some time, I mean, if you have any time to spare, I'll. There's a few places I'm sure you haven't been to that, uh, whether it be sandwiches or not, uh, that I would be thrilled to take you to sure. check out.
1: Great, uh, yeah, awesome. I would love that. Yeah, because there's
0: plenty of places that you know, people you know you can look it up and stuff. But I mean, generally, most people from out of town you know need to be steered somewhere. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so the the place is Joey Rose's. It's uh, now open. It's got your you know eight dollar sandwiches and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, al- alcohol specials, and it's, uh, it's becoming a huge hit. And I, I I'm very happy to hear that for you.
1: Thanks brother. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah. Thank you. You have a good rest of your day, man.
1: You too. See
0: ya. Bye.